You're listening to the Level 5 Podcast, featuring wide-ranging conversations on the subjects that matter in business and management. On May 21st, Level 5 Strategy introduces Business Women of Influence's first speaker session featuring Linda Hassenfratz. We've divided up the top highlights from the events into two parts. You're listening to part two now, highlighting entrepreneurship and challenges Linda has overcame. It really starts with, again, that basic uh, idea of balance uh, uh, that we run our business to, uh, uh, to the benefit of our customers, our employees, and, and our shareholders. And, you know, a lot of companies think that their reason to be in business is, is just, you know, returns to shareholders, but that's not how we think. Like, we think that our employees are as important as our shareholders uh, and our customers are as important as both of those as well. So believing that means that supporting the communities that we're in uh, is uh, you know, directly impacting our employees, right? Because that our employees are living in those communities. So whatever we can do to try to support the communities that we're in is going to support our employees. So it's part of that basic philosophy, which is why we feel like it's kind of woven into the business. And the example that you gave is actually a great example of weaving philanthropy into your business needs. So uh, a few years ago, we established a, a program at Western. Uh, we, uh, we put $5 million towards a scholarship program at Western. It was a combination of money from Linamar and our family. So it wasn't just Linamar. Uh, that uh, to support more women getting into the dual degree uh, engineering and Ivy business. Uh, because similar to my own experience, which has a science technology aspect and a business aspect from an education uh, side, I think that it's a really powerful combination. And although we're seeing you know, great representation of women in business schools and a growing, uh, for sure, representation of women in engineering and science actually you know, at levels that we've never seen before, which is pretty exciting. Uh, we didn't see as many in the, the dual degree. So I really like the idea of trying to, to uh, attract more women into the dual degree program. So uh, we set up this scholarship that will support 10 women per year. We pay half their tuition and also give them a job in the summers of uh, third and fourth year, five-year program and a job when they graduate. And why I like this is because, uh, number one, for some of the women, the money was important. For some, the job was important. And for, you know, for others, it was, it's both. Uh, but uh, at the same time, not only are we helping young women to get into fulfilling exciting careers and an and education that will lead them to fulfilling and exciting careers, and hopefully entrepreneurship and starting their own uh, businesses uh, as well. Uh, so we're kind of helping more broadly women into being entrepreneurs and into the whole STEM uh, field. Uh, but we're also helping to grow our own representation of women uh, leaders in our, the leaders running our plants and, and in leadership at Lindemar came from 
the technical side, whether it be engineering or, you know, from the shop floor. So, you know, there's a real business benefit to that because I'm a big believer in the benefit of diversity and having diverse teams that, uh, you know, are going to approach problems, you know, naturally differently. And, and also that, you know, if you've got a diverse team, it means that you're picking from the entire talent pool, right? Like you're, uh, you've got double the chance of getting amazing talent. So I'm a big believer in diversity and I wanted to increase diversity in the company. So we're achieving that with that program, but at the same time, we're helping, you know, women into new careers because of course they're not all going to end up with us, but that's okay. Uh, you know, we're helping to, you know, create this funnel of, you know, hopefully women entrepreneurs who are going to do some exciting things. Some of the leadership behaviors that we look for uh, are leaders who are passionate, they're, you know, excited about what they're doing, and they can relay that passion to others. So, you know, they're naturally motivating by virtue of their uh, passion. So, you know, for sure, we're looking for that in leaders. Uh, we, we like leaders who are good planners. Uh, I talked earlier about the importance of, of putting a great plan together when, you know, when you're trying to to come in and, and achieve something. So we want people who can drive good planning uh, and then leaders who execute, who get things done, right? It's not enough to put a plan together. You need to get it over the finish line. So we want leaders who can do that. Uh, we want leaders with edge and acumen uh, in terms of their decision-making. So people who make good decisions, uh, who uh, have a good you know, sense for you know, a situation and can read a situation and, and uh, a market and, a, and their people and, you know, make insightful uh, decisions that can manage in a crisis uh, like we're in now that can be calm uh, in a crisis and, you know, uh, a rock for their people to help them through difficult uh, situations. So that all kind of wraps up into Edge and Acumen. Uh, it takes a while to explain that one. Uh, and, um, Communication, obviously, we want people who are good communicators, uh, whether it be verbally or, you know, in, in written form, they've got to be able to communicate in order to motivate. They can't just be passionate. They be, have to be able to get, turn that into, uh, into words to motivate people. Uh, and finally, leaders who care. Uh, we want leaders who care about their people. We think that care is a really important and not often talked about aspect of leadership, that if you show you really care, about your people, they're gonna follow you anywhere, right? Because they know that you've got their back. And I think that's really important to have uh, in leadership. So yeah, those are, those are the leadership behaviors that we look for. Yeah, I mean, I think that, uh, again, it kind of comes back to what I was talking about earlier about care and showing people that you care about them. That is good leadership, I think. And, you know, so I don't think that necessarily shows that you're vulnerable. It just shows that you care about them and you care about what's happening to them. And, uh, and uh, you know, I think that, I think that you need in a crisis to show that, uh, that you have a plan that, you know, like we were talking the facts, here's what we know. Uh, here's what we don't know, you know, because you don't always know everything. And it's okay to say that. It's okay to say, I don't know how this is going to turn out, but this is what we think. And here's the direction that we're going to go in. And when we have a better 
understanding, we'll be able to, you know, have, uh, you know, a clearer idea of, of the direction. And it's okay to do that. It doesn't, you don't, nobody expects you to know everything, but I think it's important to share the facts that you do know uh, and, you know, that, and that you're, you care about what's happening to them and the fact that they're laid off and they're not, you know, working or that they're scared because this virus is going around and, you know, what's that mean to them and to their families. And I think it's important to show them that you, you care about that. And, and again, important to just keep the communications up. Like I've been, you know, in the early weeks, sometimes I sent more than one communication a week. Like there was times when I sent, sent them every three or four days, I was sending another note out to our entire employee base. But as, you know, as the weeks and months have gone on, I've, I've tapered that off a bit. I was doing it weekly uh, pretty consistently and I've kind of backed off to every couple of weeks now just because there's less new news to share. So, uh, but I think people really appreciate uh, the information because, you know, they want to know what's going on. They want to know, like, are, does anybody have COVID-19 at Linamar and what's happening with them and what's happening with our customers and what's happening with the markets and, you know, what are our plans and what's happening with us financially and, like, do I need to be worried? And so we've tried to, you know, communicate that really regularly. Here's what's happening with our people, with our customers and financially, and here's what we're doing for the communities. It's really been those four blocks that we've communicated uh, all along. I think that uh, any time you fail, you learn something uh, from that. So you shouldn't be afraid of, of failing because there's always going to be something you learn that you can, you know, next time do, do a better job. So, uh, you know, failure is rarely fatal, right? And, you know, really it's just a, a it's a learning opportunity. And I think that you take what you can from it, you shake the dust off and get over it and get back to it. So uh, for a long time at Linamar, we've had this uh, 24 hour rule. We stole it from a coach. Uh, he, was, uh, he was the winningest coach in the, in the uh, football league. Actually, he died not long ago. I think his name was Shula, Don Shula. And he had this rule that it was a 24 hour rule. And if you won, you had 24 hours to celebrate your win. And that was awesome. But then, you know, get back to work because just because you won yesterday doesn't mean you're going to win tomorrow. And similarly, if you lost, like, okay, take 24 hours to be sad about that, but then shake it off and, you know, get back to it because just because you lost yesterday doesn't mean you're going to lose. Tomorrow. So, uh, you know, I think that's good, good advice. So there's often a lot of good analogies between sport and, and uh, business. Uh, and I think that's a good way to think about things that it's okay to fail, you just learn from it. And like, you know, take take that learning to do to do it differently next time. I had probably in my early years at, at Linamar when I was telling you I was moving around a lot from to a lot of different uh, positions. And I found that quite challenging because, you know, I, every few months I'd find myself kind of back at square one, not knowing how to do the job, brand new team of people who all were kind of like, oh, who's she? And she's Frank's daughter. And, you know, uh, not thinking, not knowing yet that I was willing to work hard and be, you know, a member of the team and put in the hours and, uh, and was capable and all, all the rest. So I, I had to kind of prove myself over and over again. And that was like, that was challenging at the time, but 
uh, I think that, you know, with every team that I went over, with every job that I figured out and learned, I became uh, stronger. I became more knowledgeable and capable and more, more confident in my own uh, abilities. And uh, so it just made me stronger in the end. So, you know, those challenges are going to come, but when you conquer them and you get through them, you get stronger from it. And, you know, you can look back with pride at, you know, having, having done that. Thank you for listening in on top highlights from the Business Women of Influence event with Linda Hassenfratz. Stay tuned for future speaker events and workshops to come brought to you by Business Women of Influence from Level 5 Strategy. Thanks to you, our listeners, for tuning in to Strategy Lounge, the Level 5 podcast. To learn more about our work, please visit level5strategy.com.